0: Hey, guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle & Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on The Friendly Confines.
1: Rhino, we're going back to what worked for us back in the early part of this year, the special editions where we give you the full interview. And this one features three-time, only three-time friend of the show, legend mark silverman what more can you say about sylvie this guy is just crushing
2: it yeah he really is i mean one of our fellow salukis mark has really made a name for himself and obviously has uh, been so unbelievable both on the air off the air as well as mark talks in depth with you about his health crisis that he recently had to deal with and uh, certainly the scares that he had to go through along the way and it, it's a really you know transparent conversation yeah. that he had with you and uh, I'm excited to hear uh, more of it as well yeah he
1: talks about everything I mean, he really gives his view Mark's Mark's a huge Cubs fan Mark's like us I mean Mark really lives and dies with the Cubs he um, and, and a fun fact that people don't realize when we decided to launch this podcast when we got together um, during batting practice during the, the game six of the uh, the World Series in in, uh, in Cleveland, um, we ran over, we headed over, and actually uh, sat in for part of the recording when uh, Waddle and Sildy were recording um, uh, their show or doing their show live prior to the game. And so, you know, Mark's been with us for a long time. Mark was that, that guy when I was a freshman. I just looked up to him because when, when, when I was at, at SIU, he was the guy that just looked at me and said, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy in radio in Chicago. I'm gonna go cover the Bears, the Bulls, Blackhawks, the White Sox. Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do, and uh, and he did it. And he he he's, he uh, he has this great opportunity with Waddle. I mean, they have such longevity. They're they're I believe at this time they're they're actually the highest rated um, afternoon um, sports tandem. Um, and, and they're in the Chicago market. So, uh, Mark's career, I feel like is, is, uh, you know, he is going to have the opportunity, I think in, in, 10 to 20 years is really going to be a legend in the Chicago market. And it's always such a pleasure to be able to talk to him here on the friendly confines.
2: It absolutely is. So without any further ado, here is our special edition interview with ESPN 1000's Mark Silverman.
1: All right. You go ahead and thank him coming out of the show and let's make this a quick wrap.
2: Okay we go three two
1: one and time now for the seventh inning stretch and uh friend of the program i think uh the the one guest we've had on more than anybody else which is a testament to what uh what i think about this guy mark silverman welcome to the friendly confines how are you doing it is great to be back. This is, I think, my third time.
0: Yeah, and uh, I love going on with you. We we've we've been uh, broadcasting together since nineteen what ninety one or two.
1: Yeah, 92, ninety two. Like yep. That. yeah. And still still going strong. I appreciate you being on here, uh, taking a, to, some time from your very busy schedule at ESPN one thousand. As uh, everybody knows, your co host of the Waddle and Sylvie show. You guys are just crushing it there. How much fun is that? Just uh, that's your job every day.
0: It's crazy. Like, so it will be, it was after the Super Bowl that the bears were in against um, Indy in, in, you know, the start of 07, it was the 06 season is when Waddle and I were put together. So we're going on, it will be at the, like in February, it will be 14 years that uh, we've been together on the radio. So it's, I mean, which is, is huge in, in the radio industry. So I just, you know, count my blessings every day and, very thankful to be doing something that I love and in the city that I love.
1: I love that. We'll get into a little bit of that as we continue the conversation, but let's, let's talk about the Cubs. I know it's the off season, but I so much wanted to have you on for this show as we kind of look back, but then also look ahead, you know, as we look back on the 2020 season, such a unique one. um, And we look ahead and we've got Jed Hoyer, we've got a new leader at the helm. What is your mindset on the future of this team going into this next year?
0: I, the, the the mindset is, is that I don't know what my mindset is. And I think I'm still confused. I think a lot of Cubs fans are confused. Do the Cubs know what their mindset is into the future? Does it depend on what they get for people? Does it depend on, you know, where Tom Ricketts wants to take it? So I, I'm still not sure. Are they, and, and we've talked about this. They've mentioned and Theo before he left mentioned about threading a needle and how it's very hard to retool but still try to win but they could do it and they feel like there's still a chance and a lot has changed since then obviously Theo leaves but uh, you know a lot of the guys including Jet are still there but when they dial it up and they say they're retooling and I read that hey are they going to trade you Darvish are they going to trade Contreras and then are now all of a sudden are we not retooling or are the Cubs not retooling and are are they rebuilding and I just I just don't know. I'm not sure about this. And then what happens with Chris Bryant? Do you take him into the season? Do you trade him at the deadline hoping that his his market increases, that he's producing and that the 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 financials get better? And so a team is now willing to give up a prospect. Do you sign Javi? What what are you doing with Rizzo? Um, the Schwarber comeback. There's so many I don't know at all. And I think my mindset is Pure confusion right now.
1: If you had a magic wand, and I mean, you're you're a broadcaster, you're 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 you know one of the top guys in the Chicago market, so you you also have that professional role. But you're also a Cubs fan. If you had a magic wand, a magic Cubs fan wand, and you could do anything you wanted to do in this this postseason, do you go aggressively? Do you blow it up for a year? If you're in Jed's role right now, what would you do? What do you think that is the right answer for this team after? A, a really sustained success but but only kind of reaching the the promised land one time over the last 6 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's really tough because a lot of the reasons you're in this situation is because of free agency getting you in trouble with some deals maybe that you don't want, whether the how everything they've given up, money and prospects for closers, you know what I mean, they continue to chase there. And do you have a closer in Kimbrell and what he signed for? Do you believe that he's fixed? And because and, he doesn't probably have much value on the trade market right now. So my magic wand is this, is even though the Cubs are crying poor, we know they're not poor. Yeah. And we know that this franchise is worth billions. And we know that the money will return even though times are right now um and that that hotel will be full and the seats will be full and the rooftops will be full and the bars will be full and that while everyone is zigging you zag and you pick up some of these players who i think you're going to be able to get at a much cheaper price than you normally would have if this didn't hit but i don't think that's what they're going to do so i think it's clearly doing something with a magic wand because I, I really believe there could be a greater return on investment now, but just all the teams are going to do the same thing and go
1: cheap. And I know that, that COVID is, is kind of that X factor that we're not really sure how it's going to affect things. But if you look at really the baseball over the last couple of seasons, I mean, the winter meetings, this last one was very anticlimactic. Yeah, the, the White Sox made some moves. You look at when free agency opens up it's been at a snail's pace, not just this year, but for a few years, has baseball changed so dramatically? Do you feel, what, what's your take on just the the slowness to any market uh, um, presenting itself and, and, the, and what seemingly it, it feels like the the front office and the players association kind of doing a little standoff before anybody commits too much money too soon.
0: And I think Chad, there's going to be more of a standoff coming up. I mean, We don't even know when spring training is going to happen. Is opening day going to happen when it's supposed to? Are they going to cut the schedule down? Are they going to not start until Memorial Day? Are they going to want to see if the vaccine is available? And then maybe they can have more people coming to some of the games. So it's, you know, the last couple of years, it's been boring because I think the calendar has always been, you know, with these, uh, owners meetings, general managers meetings. There's always – I'll never forget the giddiness of following the John Lester story on on, on Twitter. I mean, that was the ultimate. Mm. And then the following year, you, you followed up with Zobrist and, and Hayward. And Hayward at the time was a huge getty. It's such a good year with St. Louis and looked really good in the postseason against us that year. But yeah, it's it's very slow and it's not it's it's not as fun for the fans and it's not as fun for us to talk about because do really anybody want to talk about baseball when there's nothing going on?
1: So let's put that Cubs fan hat back on here and when you look at this lineup, who are the ones that you it would just hurt to lose or do you feel like that anybody is available if the sustained success could could present itself? Who's untouchable? Who do you feel like uh there there's it's okay. It's okay to dangle. You talked about some of the rumors that are out there around Contreras and, and about you, Darvish, but as a Cubs fan, um, I've always thought that Javi Baez is, is just the, has become the face of the franchise and is, is untouchable, but I'm not so sure anymore. I feel like right. that, that anybody could go.
0: Right, right, and I don't know if I would call anyone untouchable. I mean, I, what do you think about when you look at Javi and when he struggles like he did this year and you hope that no one goes through these seasons again like a lot of the Cubs, but the problem with Hobby is, is he doesn't get on base. So when he does, when he hits 200 or if he hits 230, the on base percentage is going to be 300 or sub 300. It's crazy where a guy like Schwarber could give you a 235 year, but he could still hit 35 bombs and go with a uh, 345 on base percentage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I like, I don't know. I mean, is so good in the field. He's so electrifying with what he can do and, and the way he can energize a team. Um, if there's one guy for me personally that I would hate to see go, I just think that Rizzo has been turned into the, like, modern Mr. Cub. Yeah. That even when he struggles, he does stuff to help you. And I feel like he's the guy that you can rely on most. And I know that he's got a kind of a, 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 a weird back and he's getting a little bit older and I'm not telling you that I would still pay him 30 million a year, but I would do whatever I can to keep Anthony Rizzo in a Cubs uniform for the rest of his career. The other ones I think are, are, are going to be tough. I wish Chris Bryant would have made the decision harder. I think it sucks that if you do trade him now that you're going to get something very little for him at one time, you know, we thought he was going to be the next great thing and just as constant and consistent as anybody. But that hasn't been the case.
1: When you look at, at the the players, you look at the history that, that this team had, you talk back to, you know, the excitement around – John Lester coming on board, and and uh, you know if you look back from two fifty you know two thousand fifteen to where we are, even though missed the playoffs in one year, this is this is the greatest time to be a Cubs fan if you, if you can appreciate it. But I think there's there's a concern I have, and I've I've voiced this before. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I've I feel that the members of the that two thousand sixteen team, the ones that are still here, they don't really have to do much more to retire a legend in Chicago or be able to come back and not buy any drink. Do you think there's anything to that, that the fire just can't be as strong because they accomplished something so Herculean?
0: Um, I You know, it, it's a good question. You know, and it, and it, it did flame out. Qu- like, it is the best time to be a Cubs fan, but I never would have anticipated that the manager of the Cubs to bring them to a World Series would have been gone, what, four years later? Yeah or 3 years later and you know Chris Bryan in an MVP year like think about what Chris Bryan accomplished and now 4 years later we're talking about him going think about all the times there were pre- there was pressure on a Cubs team whether it was 03 and they buckled under the pressure with 5 outs to go or 04 when they built what I thought was a better team in 04 and they totally collapsed in the last week of the season Think about the, all the pressure the Cubs had in 16 and all the pressure that Bryant had individually, being a great player in 15, wanting the contract, wanting to be brought up right away, winning rookie of the year. And then him following that up with winning the MVP in the year that the Cubs end a 108 year curse or, you know, drought. It's incredible. So you would think they'd all be legends and they'll they'll all be guys that will all forever will be given a standing ovation. But it, it's just, to me, it's just, I can't wrap my brain around that you may, be, you may have to trade Chris Bryan for a B-level prospect. That, that still does not sit well with
1: me. So I'm going to say something that uh, that may – probably not the most popular opinion in the world, and I'll preface it by saying that I, I would love to buy Theo Epstein a, a drink. I would love to cheers him. I'd love to tell him that his role in this team is as important as Ben Zobrist and Kyle Hendricks and the others. Am I being too harsh by being upset that he, he – it feels like he bailed on the last year of his contract and, and he didn't see this way – that saying this thing through, do you, do you think I'm being way too harsh by feeling that way?
0: I know. I mean, I don't think that's big. And you're Mr. Positive to yeah. begin with. Um, I understand why he left. I mean, Jed is going to lead the team. And do you want a guy leaning over Jed's shoulder doing moves that he wants to do when he's not going to be accountable for these next moves? And there've been some moves that haven't been the best. And Theo is very aware. And he mentioned that in the press conference and, The one thing he failed in both Boston and Chicago is once they reached the top, they made some weird moves and they made moves and and like the Quintana trade. And it was really good on paper. I'll I'll always understand why they made it, but they didn't pull the trigger on Verlander, you know, and, and just some of the other things that they could have done and maybe didn't do or they did do and that they wish that they didn't do. But yeah, I would have loved to see, like, I think it's easier to leave when you're on top and uh, to say, look, my work here isn't done. Sign me for another year. I know I said 10 years. I'm through nine, but add another year to my contract and then give me a couple of years to get this right. Let's, let's get it back. So I understand your, your philosophy. And I think Chad, this, this goes into the whole confusion thing on how, how we opened it on, what your mindset is, the whole mindset of this whole thing is just confusing. Dealing with COVID, dealing with a an owner right now that that is is firing PR people. He's firing low level employees. They're firing scouts because, quote, they don't have the money. I mean, it's that's very confusing. Knowing what the path is. Are they really who are they trading? Do they do they even know it? So. I think your question about, about the is a good one.
1: We're here with Mark Silverman, co-host of the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN 1000 and Mark 2020 has been um, a remarkable year. It's been an interesting year um, with everything going on in the world with COVID. It's been a very challenging year for you, you announced in April your diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. You've been battling that, going through all the treatments all year, and uh, you shared in October you're in remission. Um, such a challenging year for you. How how has this changed you and and your perspective? I imagine when you when you face something like this, this has got to be something that is kind of make you make a different inventory in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and there are still things, Chad, that. You know, I'm still the red ass that you knew in, uh, <laughs> at Southern. And there are things that like that you just can't change. And like you still get pissed at a Bears game or you still get pissed that the Cubs couldn't score just because like the one thing that I, I think I told one of the writers who wrote a story about it is I'll, I'll even even though I may have regained a, a different perspective on life and i always feel that i've had good per- perspective on life and what the important things are that it, you always can be better but i'm st- i when i watch sports there's sports perspective just because i'm pissed about you know gar foreman and john paxson running the bulls or the cubs not scoring or the bears looking like they're clueless doesn't mean that i lack perspective it just means that i care about sports so the one thing i've said is it's okay to gain a new perspective, but still give a shit about sports. So that's the way I've looked at it, but no, as far as life is concerned. um, And I'm trying, like the one thing that I I was really proud of what I was able to do is, is use the cliche of one day at a time. I've never been a one day at a time guy. Whenever an athlete would say, Hey, one game at a time, one day at a time, you never want the old cliche quote, but the one thing that people told me is, hey, just one step in front of the other, you know, just day by day. And by me doing it that way through the journey of cancer and saying, hey, I wake up today. How do I feel today? Size it up. What do I have got on the, the schedule for today? Do I have to go to chemo? Do I have another doctor's appointment? Do I have a procedure today? Do I have another scan? You just handle that today and then be thankful for it. And then tomorrow, worry about tomorrow. And that, I, I, I feel like I did really, really well, and I need to implement that more into my regular life outside of the cancer journey.
1: Yeah, you've been such a, 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 a voice um, for people, and, and I know they've connected with you. Some A lot of people, a lot of your listeners, have, uh, they're personally going through things like that. Their uh, friends and family are going through that. So just such an, an awe of the journey and how you've done it so publicly. And you mentioned, Mark, uh, um, yeah, we've known each other coming up on like a, can you believe, like a quarter of a century, you know, since our days at SL, uh, SIU. And, and what I appreciated, um, our time in Carbondale, like you were so flippin' clear about what your plans were. You were so clear about what you wanted to accomplish. I mean you you wanted to be the guy in Chicago and you're the guy in Chicago. As I've said before, Waddle and Sylvie just just it's it's such a valuable uh uh program. Um it good uh, year in and year out uh brings in the listeners and and you guys have such a, a great rapport and you've 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 really got lightning in a bottle there. Um I remember and I just kind of a long build up to to say I remember, you know, like the WIBD days and and in uh, our time um, where you're either broadcasting the games or, you know, doing a sports program, when was it in your time? When did you know? Was it just the the people you grew up with? Was it the people that were on the radio growing up? When did you know this is what you wanted to be?
0: Yeah, young, really young, like 10-ish, maybe 10. Like I just, you know, we all grew up playing baseball and there was nothing like Little League and Little League back when we were growing up was different than little league now, like now they travel like they're pros, you know, but, but when we played little league was everything and baseball was everything and going to the park and playing lob league was everything. Wiffle ball, any type of variation of baseball, the video games were still in its infancy and you had to go outside, play with your friends. You'd call one friend, he'd call buddy. Hey, let's meet at Emerson park at two. And we're playing baseball today and you'd get, as many people as you can. And, you know, I was always really, really good, but I knew there was no way that I was going to go to college to play baseball or that I could ever be a professional baseball player. Like maybe when I was six, I thought I could, but the older I got, and I'm, I just always loved going to the games. Like there would be nothing like going to Wrigley. There'd be nothing like going to the Chicago stadium and hearing the roar uh, during a bulls game when the bulls were on the rise. And I just, I would always impersonate the PA announcer or the transistor radio of the great calls. I would always introduce the starting lineup when we would play baseball. So I just knew that that's what I was going to go to college for is I wanted to, to be this. And we got an opportunity. And I don't think people give enough credit to SIU Southern Illinois university. You know, they mention all the quote, greater known schools and, The opportunities that we were given at Southern at this radio station that you mentioned, WIDP, to go to St. Louis and do the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament to do a sports talk show where you could book real guests and have, at the time, Jim Hart, the AD on. And we got to, to, you know, swim in the deep end of the pool. So I think what you and I got to experience. And a lot of the people who we went to school with have had great careers in it. It's a lot of it is a credit to our alma mater,
1: Southern Illinois. Yeah. The good old days in Carbondale, WIDB. I I think about like lugging up all the gear to McAndrew stadium, the the converted (laughs) mobile homes. Do you know what my memory is? (laughs) Tell me there's, i I always joke with Mike Reese, who's still the play by play voice legend of the
0: Salukis. And um, I always remember that Fred Huff, was a tough guy, really tough SID, sports information, but he made you earn it. And I think that taught us all a lesson that you knew you had to learn it, you weren't going to be handed anything. But the baseball press box to do baseball games at Southern was really, really small. So they would not let the student radio station us into the press box. So there would be 40-degree days (laughs) where they would be playing a doubleheader and we would be sitting in the bleachers outside having to sit there for five or six hours broadcasting the, the games freezing our ass off. I'll never forget <laughs> those days.
1: You actually lead me into my next question and I, I'm, we're going to either break news here or not, but be honest, would you drop everything if you could take over for Lynn Casper?
0: I don't think so. Mm. I mean, you know, it, I believe me, like when Len laughed, and I was, and Len's now part of our radio station, which we can't, we can't wait. We have the socks now. Okay. And to have Len on our on our radio station is just an incredible coup. Um, and, you know, it always flashes in front of you, but then you got to travel. I mean, think about all that traveling. And I've got a six and a four-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I i love being the fan. I mean, look, it is, it is one of those great dream jobs. But I've got a... I've got it really good right now. I always feel like I've got my dream job. For four hours a day, I get to have fun with a guy I admire and just spew my stupid opinions and take <laughs> phone calls from people who love sports. I mean, it, it's, it's one of the best things to do. And, and it's not Cubs 24-7, and we talk Bears and Bulls and Sox and Hawks and everything like that.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a different lifestyle. I think people that come you would out,
0: drop everything. right? Oh,
1: I you know I I'm still kicking myself. Do you remember when they opened up the the public address announcer job? Uh, probably like a decade sure. ago. I, I'm kicking myself for not putting an effort into that because I would I would drop everything for that job, much less Lynn. But yeah, I mean that's yeah. You have the same you you have the
0: same voice as the current um, as the current uh, PA announcer.
1: I think you guys sound similar too. Well, I, I hope he has a long and luxurious career, but if, if you hear any openings over there, let me know. <laughs> it will do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So a couple more questions. So uh, such a huge surprise for a lot of people. I mean, I, it makes sense to me. Radio jobs like Pat Hughes is not going anywhere. So that was a, a big surprise for a lot of people. Lynn moving yeah. on as a Cubs fan, who would you like to see? You have any, any front runners in, 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 yes. in the book? Yeah.
0: Yes, I do. I do for sure. 100%. And, um, the 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 probably the two that I would call one and one a and in any order is I would call Dan Shulman, who does the Blue Jays game and used yep. to do ESPN Sunday Night Baseball and everything um, and see if he's happy and if he would want to do it. And I'd call Boog Shiambi also another good yeah. young voice who does many different things. He's worked for ESPN now. Does all the primetime radio games as well. Does a lot of TV with Sot. I would get Sot more involved in the Marquee Network. If you want to do more three-man stuff like they did this year, I would want more Sot. Uh, no offense to Demp. I like Demp. I'd love to see Demp in the studio more. Yeah. Um, nothing against Sean Marshall and um, uh, was it Sweeney, Ryan Sweeney, they yeah. had in there. But I would get – I would have Demp more in – the studio and I would try and get Sot in the booth, but the two guys, yeah, those are my two guys, Shulman and Buk What about you?
1: I, no, I think you nailed it. I think that, that those, the, the voices there, and I, I'm not saying that you need to blow everything up, but you have this this unique opportunity with with COVID and the fact that we just had such a disjointed season. I don't think we ever really saw Marquis, you know, hit its stride and there's a lot of different faces and, and nobody really knew what to what to uh, expect. But I, I love the names. Um, I, I really would love to see a, a point where, where Sut could, could be in that role. But I just really, I mean, he, he lives a couple miles from me out here in, in Southern California. Right. I, I think he, you know, he enjoys, you know, that lifestyle that you talked about that it takes to do. I don't know if he would be up for that. I think he likes being the national guy here and there, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Okay, so go for about it. Yeah, absolutely. What,
0: about, what do you think about Brian Anderson, who does a lot of national stuff? He does NBA stuff. And Baseball stuff for Turner. And I think he's currently the voice of the Brewers right now on on Fox Sports. I would try and pull him away also if my first two guys don't want the job.
1: Uh, you know, Chris Myers was on the show this summer. Tremendous guy was just completely, you know, just so gracious and such a great guest. It was really surprising to me that everybody thought that that was the shoe-in. I really think it's it's either going to be an unknown to most people outside of the, the industry, but I think it's going to be a youth movement. I think they're they're looking for somebody that can come in and, and really put the stamp on the marquee. So I think it's going to be going to be very interesting. Let me, let me get you out here on, uh, on one final question, unless you want to stay longer. We could, we could do this for another hour. Um, You've you've got a crystal ball. Uh, 2020 sucked. Let's just be honest. It's been a, it's been a challenging year for every single person that's listening. What are your hopes? This is a bigger ask than, than probably we can cover in, in a quick answer, but what are your hopes for Chicago sports? What's your hope for the Cubs in 2021? What do you hope this next year brings for all of us?
0: I I hope it is a retool and not a rebuild. I mean, but like, I love the sustained success. And I think when you measure what the Cubs did to like what we're going through with the bears, I think when you put it through that lens, so many people get pissed on what, that the Cubs don't quote, only one, one. And believe me, we'd all want to win more than one. Uh, Theo will tell you that, but you know, think about what, what they delivered and how, the Bears don't have repeat playoff performances. Like, think if I told you that the Bears, you know, for five years, went to the NFC Championship game and lost, went to the Super Bowl and won. The following year after the Super Bowl, went to the NFC Championship game and lost, and then the following year made it to the first round of the playoffs and lost, followed by a couple of down years to winning their division the next year but then lost in the first round of the playoffs. It's it's still not ideal, but to get a ring and to go every year to the postseason and to go far in three of those years uh, is pretty amazing. And I think we're going to sit in front of our TV chat in in 2021 in the fall and miss that the Cubs don't have a playoff game. Yeah. Um, I think the division is still winnable. That's why my ask and my wish would be Hey, invest, still invest. Now's the time to invest. Well, Waddle always says the stock market tips, when there's blood in the streets, invest, you know, don't sell now. Now's the time to buy. But they they say the losses are too catastrophic. So that would be, it's kind of like my magic wand answer, but but it's it's I, I look at what I've witnessed from 15 to 20 and I say. I don't know if I ever thought I would get a five, six year period like that in my Cub fan life. And I did get it.
1: Yeah. You're right on target with me. That's the optimistic uh, viewpoint I have as well. This is a great run and and I feel like we're just getting started, but uh, time will tell Mark Silverman. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us here on the friendly confines. It's always just a, just an absolute thrill to be able to bring you on and, and let our listeners hear your thoughts. Keep up the optimism chatting. Keep up the great work. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thank you bunch.
2: And of course, our thanks to Mark Silverman from the Waddle and Sylvie show. And you can hear them weekdays on ESPN 1000 in the afternoons. It is so great to catch up with Mark and really uh, just an awesome interview that you did with him, Chad. And, You know, he's a three-time member of the Friendly Confines Podcast Club. Uh, Again, we have to get him the velvet jacket (laughs) for him to wear. Uh, You know, he's got his own, like, club that he belongs to. No one else is allowed in because we've only had one-timers on our show. So Mark's in a special category for sure. But it's uh, great to catch up with him. And I love that he listens to us. That's actually really nice. I'm glad that he enjoys our podcast and he supports us. So uh, it's always a nice feather in our cap too.
1: Absolutely. Such a great guy and and, uh, active member reads the, you know, the friendly confines of uh, Cubs uh, Facebook page that we have Um, always responds to texts. Just, just, uh, uh, just a great guy. And, and I mean, if you think about what you want out of a guy that talks sports, it's, it's, it's Mark. He's the guy that uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, feels everything, you know, from the, you know, the, the end of the year news conference with the bears um to the bulls uh, their young talent you know they may not win a lot of games but they're exciting you see it in his tweets um so he's definitely one to follow if you're not feeling following him on twitter so with that let's wrap up this incredibly fun special edition uh special edition mark silverman three-timers edition of the friendly confines and uh wish you all adieu happy uh new year everyone and rhino let's get back at it some great guests lined up this coming year
2: Absolutely Chad. We'll talk to you next time everybody. Thanks so much.
1: Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed
0: and you are First time you walk
2: Field. Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lever. We're the host of the Friendly Confines podcast.
1: Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports.
2: Joe Buck. Welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan.
1: Yeah, oh my God. I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh
2: inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dawson. Well, it's my distinct pleasure. I'm doing
0: fine. Thank you.
2: We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network.